Good afternoon. Welcome to the coaches meeting. That's the coach. What's up, guys? Quality control. What's going on? Uh, the title of the show is The Real Reason the Niners Drafted Trey Lance. We got another Trey Lance story. He's the center of attention, even though everyone wants it to be George Kittle or something. It's Trey. <laughs> as long as he's on the team, we're going to talk about Albert Breer's report. We're going to talk about Mark Schlereth's report. We're going to talk about that interesting uh, spaces yesterday on Twitter. I don't know if people saw it. So it started off on Crocker's channel. He had the infamous Flav, um, who's becoming. Like, hey, he's a man. He's a man of the people. Like he's so yeah. He went on with uh, Croc. Roscoe's gave him the business a little bit. Then they went on a spaces, and a bunch of people gave him the business. I gave him the business a little bit. He was he was there though. Uh, so we're gonna talk about sort of the um his arguments a little bit and uh, Kirk Cousins and all that. But let's start with Albert Breer. Right. Who uh, said that the 49ers have given this guy a lot of chances, which was like dog whistle central. But again, Albert Breer, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, a lot of times they've heard things. Um, don't know where, but they're usually parroting what they've heard. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, Albert Breer is definitely parroting what he's heard. And, you know, to use you know, language like this guy, they've given this guy enough chances when we've only seen four games out of him in the raw, um, lets you know that, you know, a professional like Albert Breer is not clumsy, right? He wouldn't, he wouldn't use that type of language unless he was told, or at least was given the type of language in the same spirit of this guy. Um, right. It sounds a little dismissive. I, I feel like that word keeps coming up a lot about Trey. Um, it yeah. sounds frustrated um and it sounds impatient um right so what it feels like people are talking about jamarcus russell like man this guy's addicted to coding he doesn't do yeah, homework it's like, he's 80 pounds overweight he's I feel like stupid Trey, yeah it's like what yeah, i feel like it's a i feel like you can't really pinpoint anything about trey off the field or character wise that would be detrimental to a locker room is is veteran laden as ours and no. Uh, yeah, real, real quick, in New York, they had uh, an entire locker room wearing T-shirts about the backup quarterback, like about how much they like Mike White. No one's yeah. ever done that in the 90s. This ain't like, that. Trey never got disrespected like Zach Wilson did. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I feel like what we're seeing right now is, you know, let's just let's look at where, what, when, where, and why, right? So mm -hmm. the what is Trey, the when is during the offseason, uh, the where is from the 49 from the 49ers and the why would have to be that the organization is not in on Trey, right? Um, I don't we do a lot of zeroing in on Kyle. You know, we do. Um, and deservedly so. Uh, mm -hmm. but this is the organization. Kyle has nothing to do with these types of reports. Kyle has nothing to do, or the coaching staff has nothing to do with keeping the bubble rope, keeping the keeping this this boil at a low rumble, if you will. Um, and we did touch on this where I feel like they're building enough momentum about Trey throughout the offseason. So if and when it's time for Kyle to either insert Trey if he thinks he needs to, there's already enough narrative and momentum about how the 49ers feel where in, in indirectly it could put some heat on Kyle to think twice about putting Trey onto the field, right? Because the organization, I mean, 
look, at, we are such a far cry away from 49ers don't leak. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It, that's not the case anymore. And what's crazy about it is, is that this isn't, you know, poke smoke, right? This isn't tweets that are coming out. These are reputable members of the media that have large organizations. They have stuff to lose, their reputation and their credibility. And for for these members of the media to come out who seemingly, if you just do a little Google search, they all have ties to the organization and people inside of the organization let you know that they wouldn't stick their neck or their reputation out on the line unless they're explicitly getting this type of um, information from the organization. So um, that's how it comes off. It feels like Trey Lance seemed to be a a uh, coaching decision. Um, and I feel like the organization is they're they're tired of it. They're they're ready to move on from the Trey situation. I just feel like the way people talk about Trey is so coded and passive aggressive. And it's just yeah. it's disappointing how many people do it. It's mm-hmm. almost like people who are like really against affirmative action, they're like, Man, this guy's had plenty of chances. This guy shouldn't even yeah. <laughs> you know it's like they, they, they've given ooh, this ooh, guy. Ooh. Yeah, it's like all it's that kind of practice. T- this guy is like, it, honestly, should he even be here if he wasn't black? Like, like all that kind of stuff is like, I, man, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't. You think won't come out and necessary. say it, but you're saying it. Yeah, but but I'll but I'll go I'll go a step further, right? Because that's that's so. Let's play a little bit of 3D chess. Like that's what you that's what you want to touch on, right? If you're yeah. if you've got an open wound, but yeah, really, what it is is what is behind racism anyway, which is money. And classism, and mm. what what's behind this is there are people who are galvanized to how the 49ers look as an organization, how they are represented as an organization through winning games and the development of the coaching staff. There's a lot of people that are invested in making sure that this coaching staff isn't seen as inept or uh, not professional in certain areas. So I feel like. Uh, styles make fights and Trey is an easy, is an easy target. It just so happens that he's black, right? It's, sure. it's so he's just such a departure from what 49ers football has been the last five years, right? It's been dink and dunk, you know, a very yeah, particular and, brand of passing and, and offense. Yeah. And you know, you gotta, if we're looking at it, if we really want to go, you know, 10,000 foot view, um, you know, with our history, are we ready to ingest another quarterback of culture or of color? Like, is that something yeah. that we're necessarily galvanized around? Like, we're not necessarily last time both. was a little yeah. was a little controversial. Yeah, yeah, we're not necessarily Baltimore, where where that sure. culture can ingest um an, uh, a type of quarterback like Lamar. So, I mean, um, that, yeah. but that's neither that's a good here point. It's a good right? point. Yeah, but Atlanta's all, like that. Philly's like that. Baltimore's like that. Yeah, is Santa Clara like that. You'd is think, Santa, yeah. but maybe not. So, maybe not. what? So I will say this: the people that um, are simply reporting, right? Because I feel like we we try to put personal uh, personal characteristics on people just simply giving out the reports, right? Mm-hmm. Albert Breer is simply doing his job, right? And with him giving out the report that he was given, it's clear that this organization is not really geared up to take the bumps and bruises that it would take to ingest a young quarterback and nurture him along the way. That's that's more along the lines of what's really happening, 
right? Right. What what we have it is a what we have as an organization um, from our roster that we have is we're not ready to do what everybody knows you need to do to bring up a young quarterback, and that's give him time, reps, and nurture him. And we don't have the space to do that. And I just yeah. wish that we would put that out first and stop trying to uh, write a novel. Put it on tray. Yeah, write a tray. novel about a menu, yeah. right? Yeah. He's only played four games. People talking yeah. about, oh, he's not as athletic as they thought he was. Well, he's not quite the running type. He didn't play. Stop. Well, oh, no, they're saying they gave him plenty of chances. No. Yeah. Stop. No, Stop. what happened was yeah. you, you didn't have an opportunity to give him a chance. You felt you were in win now mode. You thought he could play right away. You were wrong. Yeah. It was the two if, timeline thing. As if now this is this is the first thing that I find very rich. Everybody, everybody within earshot of 49ers fans and content creators and media all alike, even coaching staff have talked about our window the window of for, for us to win now. Every rash opportunity or rash decision that we've made has always been in the guise of our window. Mm -hmm. I have never in the history of the game ever heard of a team that was good enough to close their window for a year and then open it back open up. Back up. Yeah. What are you talking like, about? What? Who the hell who does that? Does that? Yeah. So all of a sudden yeah. the Niners the, the Niners decide, you know what? The year that we went to the net, to the NFC Championship game for the third time, right? That year, we were really trying to lose that year. But what yeah. ended up happening was is that we yeah. just stumbled upon the NFC Championship Crazy. game. Cap. Yeah. Cap. Cap. Stop, dog. Greg T says, Grant Coach, why does everyone seem to believe Purdy will be amazing next year? Do most second-year quarterbacks get better? Is the sophomore slump real? Well, let's talk about this. I think that Purdy, I think that there are two sides of the Purdy, uh, of the Brock Purdy contingency. I think there, there are those who think, who think that Brock Purdy is going to be amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there are those who lean on the more pragmatic side of Brock is just good enough, good enough to utilize what we have as a team. And that's what I'm on board with. Like, I'm on board with seeing our offense move in a certain way and seeing our our skilled players and our team be able to have complementary football with Brock as a requisite piece to that. The only problem is, is that once you do that, you got to buy you got to buy into that whole hog. That means that you can't count on Brock to be a leader because yeah. that's not what you're asking for. You're asking for a piece. So Brock is a piece. Does Is Brock going to be a franchise quarterback down the line? We shall see. But franchise quarterbacks are the common denominator when offenses ebb and flow. And right now we have one of the best offenses in the league, and it's hard to tell where Brock is juxtaposed to that. We're not always going to have this roster. Shreddy Murphy says, I'm very curious to see how Indy handles AR-15. Can Steichen groom him or will he divert to Minshew, who already knows his O, AR, and Trey Lance similar stats? Very interested to see what that how that goes. Because yeah, to me, Steichen's going to take a whole different approach. He's probably going to play him right away. He's not going to put him under center. He's going to have him in the... It'll be interesting. I say they're nurturing him. You know, yeah. and, and what the, they're, they're, they're just saying, we have a plan for you. Yeah. And we're going to stick to it. Marco Bravo mm -hmm. says, Trey deserves better than this. The Niners organization is a joke. If they let Trey go, it will be the worst trade-up, and that's what they will be remembered for. Correct. Yeah. The and, worst trade-up. 
And really the single point of failure is on our rookie coming off elbow injury, because I guarantee you that narrative will be cast into the sea of forgetfulness if we win. If we win, nobody will care about that. So we just have to understand that that's incubating because everybody's going to come back to this if we lose. Official BNA Music 88 says those three reporters have said things in the past that have come off anti-affirmative action. It's hard to believe they say uh, he's been given chances. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very flippant. It's it's yeah. he's been given chances. The look, yeah. the Niners know what they want. And it's like, yeah. bro, uh-huh. he hasn't played. Stop. Right. Stop. Like I don't care how many times you you I don't care how many dynamic microphones you get behind and yeah. say this. He hasn't been given a real shot. We're not going to do that. He's good. He's bad. He's a bust. He's not. But what you're not going to say is he's been given True. a shot. That's the that's the wild one. Read this one. I swear Purdy is every middle-aged man's ideal. And lo- yes, vicariously living through him, right? He's, yes. he's Al Bundy off Polk High. Like, uh-huh. a lot of Al uh-huh. Bundys love them some – but – but that is see Purdy proves that I could have made it if I had just been given a chance. But they they started the guy with the strong arm who was six four. I tried to tell him. I tried to tell him that it's more it's more to the position than that. But they didn't. Listen, man. A lot of people identify with what they see. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Brock Purdy is he's relatable to the regular guy walking down the street that can come because he and looks shake like the hand. regular guy walking down the street. Yeah. People don't think about it, but I think I think most people want to root for someone that looks like them or they identify and I think Brock Purdy looks yeah and I think looking like the guy goes a long way and Brock Purdy looks like every person's kid not every person's kid but every white person's kid I mean he looks like he's your cousin he's your little yeah, brother I mean Brock yeah and I, I mean I, everyone's I, met someone like I, Brock I, before with that little haircut he's six feet tall icky that's what's icky about this whole like narrative right about what's going on about this is because there's i feel like there's dishonest brokers attaching themselves to this debate when this should be purely about football also with jimmy like part of the image with jimmy was that he had these like supermodel looks right he had grown men calling him jimmy gq which was hilarious to me brock's very weird brock is is much more of like a every man he looks like he's in high school he looks little he looks like harry potter essentially yeah like God he's just Barry. nobody, but he has these superpowers. And I think a lot, it's almost like the Stephen Curry effect, right? On a basketball court, Stephen Curry looks like a kid, even though he's 35 years old, always has. And I think that's yeah. why he resonates with so many people, kids. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Brock, Brock translates. A lot of what um, Brock brings is he's very humble. Um, his yeah. story is very easy to get behind. Yeah. Uh, a lot yeah. of people have been counted out and made it by the skin of their teeth. And yeah. um, people want to keep this story going. If I was behind this story, I would. I am behind this story in a lot of lights. My career didn't go nearly as far as Brock's career. So I, I know what I know what it's like to be counted out and, and you know, see your career on life support. Right. So, you know, so Brock has says a this... lot of people. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we all we all like Brock. What's funny is how yeah. many people hate trey and they'll be like i don't hate trey bro i don't hate trey bro like dog yes you do no yeah. one hates brock everyone's rooting for brock some people are a little skeptical that he can be like an like a, an elite quarterback but um the amount of people that just hate trey and said like i mean i saw it right away deshaun kaiser like man sit down yeah like, says, like yeah go ahead. And, and then again um 
for anybody who's saying that they saw it right away, that's basically an indictment on our coaching staff and our developmental department. So if you saw it right away, then what didn't they see for the months and months of countless games and plays and people that they interviewed and and person-to-person interviews and family evals and psych evals and going around this neighborhood and finding out? I mean, you really do a lot of work for for them to only have four games shown for what it would take to do the legwork for an acquisition this large, knowing the assets in tow, that shows that I don't, it's not Shrey that they're hiding. In my eyes, they're hiding something broken with their process. Mm-hmm. That's what they're hiding. They're so hiding says this, I agree. Session says this core uh, never win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy or, or Sam Darnold play Trey. We'll see. NG49 says Kyle Lynch have fumbled the quarterback position so many times that, uh, to me, they don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. I don't trust their decisions on quarterback. That's the way I look at it, too. And then you have all these reporters being like, well, the Niners know what they want. They're a really good organization. What's their track record at quarterback? And why would you? Anyway, this is what Mark Schlereth said. He said that the 49ers misjudged Trey Lance's athleticism. A big reason they drafted him is because they thought he was more explosive, faster, a better runner than he turned out to be, which is. Um, just an Rich. amazing theory. What do you think of it? Um, I think that it's a cop out. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I'm only, I'm not going to go with my own understanding. I'm just going to go simply with what the organization and coaching staff has let us know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a hidden pick. Nobody knew about it until the actual, we all found out basically at the same time. So mm-hmm. really, Kyle's words, everybody was hanging on Kyle's words as to process, explanation, why you wanted Trey at the post-press conference for him getting drafted. Mm -hmm. And Kyle was very clear. The first thing that Kyle talked about was he talked about Trey's processing, his ability to make every throw, his strong Mm -hmm. arm, the -hmm. way that he had his play, his play action Mm -hmm. game, being able to play under center and be Mm -hmm. young. Somebody mm-hmm. that can process like Drew Brees and throw mm-hmm. the ball a country mm-hmm. mile. He he brought all of those things. And then he purposely put in as a caveat at the end. And then if he has the ability to break script and make things happen on his own, that's the perfect player. We're yeah. trying to future proof and go forward with this pick. This isn't right. a Band-Aid. This isn't right. somebody who we just think is slightly better than Jimby. This is somebody who we think can be special. And that's so, why we're going to sit him a year. Because he, when he had RG3, he he didn't think that RG3 could develop into some special quarterback. He wanted Kirk. So he played yeah. RG3 and said, all right, if you're going to play, you're going to play like this. He had instant success, but he wasn't developing him. He tried as a to matter develop of fact, Trey. As a matter of fact, Grant, RG3 is 10 times the athlete Trey Lance is. Correct. And when RG3 started the season, he... He had way more pass concepts and throwing the and was given way more credence to throw the ball when they went three and six in his rookie year until Kyle went full tilt into his athletic ability and they went straight into and they went straight into the zone read and play action game that nobody had seen. They went full into that offense. So even with an iteration of Trey Lance, let's just go with another rookie athletic quarterback who was way more skilled than the guy that you have now. You still chose to use a more throwing-friendly offense 
until that didn't work and you went straight and you completely went into his running ability. So for me, I don't see how you go up to three and let's say you go up to three with another quarterback in mind. Okay. If you, if athleticism, let's say, let's do it Mark Schlereth's way. Athlet, the athleticism wasn't there and that's what shocked the 49ers that he wasn't as explosive and athletic as they thought he was, which would lead to that the 49ers wanted to make sure that Trey's athletic ability was a serious part of his game, not an add-on, not some, not supplementary, but an actual real skill. If that's what you wanted, Justin Fields is sitting right there at three. Yeah, it's if not hard to judge athleticism. It's hard to judge, you know, a quarterbacking talent and how it will project and and blossom, but athletic speed. Yeah, and there are stopwatches. You could do that. You looked at Justin Fields and Trey Lance, and what you said was, is that, all right, Justin is way more athletic than this kid, but his throwing ability has a ceiling. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at what Trey can do now, and I'm betting on his throwing ability to be developed, and we can build it forward, and right. I'll take the cap on his athleticism. Right, because remember, when Justin Fields, was, was, he had, like, turnover issues in college. Uh, Trey Lance didn't. They liked his decision-making. They didn't like Jimmy's decision-making. All of that stuff played in. Anybody could see that Justin Fields was way more athletic than Trey Lance. That's not a revelation. So finding out that Trey Lance can't get to the edge or Trey Lance can't run the certain plays that you want him to run athletically, that should be something where it could be like, oh, well, we weren't really leaning on that anyway, right? However, remember, hey, remember when he went to uh, Justin Fields' pro day and then he left and got in a private plane and John Lynch said he was uh, drawing up plays for Trey Lance? What about yeah. Justin Fields? What about Justin on, Fields? Man. Yeah. It was so, funny. The justification for drafting him and them calling him a dual-threat quarterback after he got hurt, it's like, well, hold on. If you weren't a dual-threat quarterback, you took the wrong one. The because that dude are, in Chicago is like the best athlete I've ever seen at quarterback, him and Lamar. And if you're going to juxtapose Justin versus Trey – the reason why they pulled the trigger is not only on the passing ability, but the aptitude. They felt like Trey could learn the system and actually do what Kyle needed moving forward. So um, I feel like the, the coaching staff, uh, Kyle specifically, um, wanted Trey. And uh, I feel like right now the organization really wants to move forward with Brock. And Sam is something that, what we talked about, some Sam is something that Kyle brought in as a contingency plan if Brock doesn't work. But I don't think there's any road, unless injury, right, because we are in San Francisco. Um, outside of injury and Trey completely just making it known that he should be on the field, um, Trey's not going to find the field. It's Brock as the starter, no matter what, by hook or crook, and then it's Sam. We'll see. Sean O'Leary says, as an investment professional, I caution against the sunk cost fallacy, but I don't see that with Trey Lance. The sample size is just too small. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, he played 25 games. That's one thing, but he hasn't. All right, let's talk about this. So everyone knows Flav. He, he writes in a lot. Uh, he's on Twitter. He has a logo. He has his own merch. Uh, the logo is an <laughs> FL, and you think it means Flav, but if you think about it, it means F Lance. And his brand is very, very um, Flav. EFL. And it's right there. And it's and his whole, everything he tweets and says on social media is essentially F Trey Lance. And that's his <laughs> brand. And I think it's um, 
so he was explaining it yesterday on a, on a, on a uh, spaces on Twitter. And he was saying like, look, uh, Mac, Mac Jones, Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, they're really the perfect quarterback for Kyle because Kyle just wants a Chris Paul, a point guard to distribute the ball. He doesn't care about pushing the ball down the field at all. Uh, arm strength is the least of his concerns. And so I chimed in. I said, Flav, who do you think drafted Trey Lance with the big arm? And he thought about it for a second. He said, I think Jed York forced Kyle to draft Trey Lance, which is like the silliest thing I've ever heard. So let's Flav, really have look how you sound stupid. Yeah. What really happened is that is that Kyle and his dad wanted Trey because Trey can push the ball down the field. Mike coached John Elway and Steve Young. Uh, Kyle lost to Patrick Mahomes and in, in the Super Bowl. He understands mm -hmm. he wants. Also, Kyle's number one favorite quarterback in the league is Kirk Cousins, who has a big arm. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting. You have all these, like, I don't know. The best iteration not, of this offense was Matt Ryan. Right. But it's like, it, it, the thing about Flav is he's not necessarily like a Brock Purdy guy or a Jimmy Garoppolo guy. He's just anti-Trey. His whole right. thing is F Lance. And he does, he has these justifications like, well, um, Kyle never wanted Lance and he doesn't, and, and Lance doesn't fit his offense because his arm is too strong. And he just wants a dinker and a dunker. Well, when Kyle goes next year and signs Kirk Cousins, the anti-Lance people will have to change their entire story and be like, actually, Kyle does like arm strength, in fact. And, mm -hmm. and what Brock Purdy offered wasn't enough. Right. And then if Trey Lance goes off and actually plays well somewhere else, then those anti-Lance people will never, ever, ever, ever be heard from again. Right. So I think it's important to remember that Kyle actually is looking for a big-arm quarterback who can get the ball down the field. And if you don't believe me, why'd he sign Sam Darnold? Well, not only why'd he sign Sam Darnold, but Trey Lance, this is another thing about Trey that I'm, I think I'm going to break news. Trey Lance didn't ask to be drafted here. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Trey Lance did not ask to be drafted here. All nah. right. So let's stop acting like he won some type of contest and we just have, we just have to suffer him. Like, no, yeah. there was real interest in Trey Lance. And a lot of it wasn't because of the fact that he could dink and dunk the ball. A lot of it was because he could air the ball out. I mean, Jesus Christ. Over 50% of his throws, you go back and look at his college highlights, he's pushing the ball down the field. That's all. That's that's the honestly, out of the mechanics, the injuries, getting on the field, I think that all sides involved can say that one of Trey Lance's biggest attributes is his downfield accuracy, being able to push the ball down the field, how beautiful of a deep ball he throws. All right. That's exactly what jumps off the field. I mean, jumps off the field. I think that. People like Flav and those of his ilk have a hard time placing blame on the person that they're vicariously living through, which is yeah. Kyle Shanahan, right. right? I understand that you think Kyle is infallible. I know you love the, yeah. I know you love the cut of his jib. Sure. I get it. Yep. All right. And I like his hat. I like his shoes. I love I like it, all. it all. He's, He's the uh, he's the misunderstood guy that everybody just has to understand. Absolutely, yeah. right? But no, not just everybody. The smartest, most astute football observers. Oh it. yes. Oh, like yeah. like you. There's a couple of people that we're not going to give no airtime that love to be on Twitter, and they're little Kyle Shanahan's. Yeah. They love to talk like Kyle. They yeah. love to to rub their finger in everybody's face. Right. Look at this video. Look at this right. film. Actually, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about. Right. 
And really, who, who, what what other coach has a cult following like that? Like no one does that for Andy Reid. Everyone just knows nobody. Andy Reed's like, good. You know what? They're a yeah. bunch of mean girls. They're yes. a bunch yes, of yes, mean yes, girls. Yes, 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 yes. Right? Yes. Gatekeepers, and, gatekeepers. You just don't understand. Yes, you don't have the playbook. You haven't grinded the film long enough. Really, what these what these guys are is they're curmudgeons, yes. and they don't bring the room together, and they. No. Dampen the argument. They bring the conversation to its lowest vibration possible. Yes. And yes. as you can see, even my attitude now, like I refuse to let that type of conversation bring me down. Like that's not where this organization is. There's tons of great people that love the 49ers who would love to have a conversation much higher than that. And I don't think that, uh, I don't think that Kyle Shanahan, I think that a lot of Kyle Shanahan's backers would that would would really assess their association with him if they understood that he doesn't care about them at all. He does he does not know you. Mm-mm. All right. He doesn't know your name. No. Right? He no. if you were in the same room with him, he'd walk right past you. Okay. Oh my God. So if you walked up to him and said, Kyle, I really like your work, he'd be like, dude, I don't know you. Check please yourself. Me. Yeah, I don't know you. Please don't talk to me. Check yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What so th- that's all I got for that. I like that. Uh, is the is Trey Lance the bust or the front office? They blew the window, says William Bonnet. It's the, uh, well, well, we're just going to use logic here, right? Because we're not going to talk about Brock sucking or Trey sucking. I'm, I'm tired of that. Mm-hmm. Brock, has, Brock has played enough to show us that he could be ready right away, and he has enough development under him to operate this offense. And Trey hasn't played enough to show us what he is. So, and that's on the front office. Yeah. All right. Um, NG49 says, Jimmy had multiple season-ending injuries through eight times the NFC. Championship game wouldn't answer the phone in the offseason. Trey plays four games. He ain't good. <laughs> yep. Hello. Jimmy Garoppolo threw five picks in one practice consecutively. Yeah. Okay. And if Trey we, Lance did through two picks in practice consecutively, people like Flav would talk about it every day on social media. But so what's our so can I bring, what's our next topic? Because I don't want to bleed into because our I, next I topic talk, is Kirk. All right. So let's talk about this before we go to Kirk. All right. This is another thing about those who say that the 49ers have seen enough of Trey in practice to know that he's not ready to be played during games. If Trey Lance has a running package where he runs the ball 16 times a game, and that's the majority of what he does, then how are they assessing that in practice if quarterbacks can't get hit in practice? Like, how are we how are we genuinely sitting here looking at Trey Lance's runs? His design runs have you, not even the scrambles, but his design runs is what reads are he supposed to take and how he's supposed to get things done. And those aren't even real reps in practice. Mm-hmm. They're not even real reps. They're not. They're not. It's a good point. I mean, talk about the experience as a passer. What about experience as a runner? You got to actually feel, get a feel for that, and you can't do that in practice. That's a good yeah. point. Um, the report is that if things don't work out with Brock or Trey or Sam this year, that Kirk Cousins will be a free agent, and uh, the Niners could be interested because they've always been interested. Kyle's always, always been interested. The Rams could be interested if Matthew Stafford retires. There could be a little tug of war, although Kirk just goes to the highest bidder. He's been playing under guaranteed contracts for a very long time. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't give anyone a discount. And uh, the Niners could go into business with him if they want. Uh, Do you think that's likely? No. Um, 
I think Kirk, I just fiscally, I don't think it's possible uh, for Kirk to, well, I mean, he would screw the CBA, but it's like the NFL has the weakest CBA in pro sports. Um, but I don't, it just doesn't even make sense for his brand to go backwards, right? Even taking a deal where you're not getting guaranteed money would speak volumes for quarterbacks moving forward with guaranteed money. I mean, he was the first to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think that even just from a political standpoint, the Players Association would frown upon him taking a non-guaranteed deal. Um, mm -hmm. That's something that they just can't back off of. It's a it's a step forward. That's one. Two, yeah. uh, I think that Kyle, I think that Kirk is one of those guys that I think maybe Kyle likes Kirk more than Kirk likes Kyle. Um, that's hella funny. Yeah. That's hella um, funny. I hadn't thought of that. I had yeah. not considered that possibility. What do you yeah. mean? And what I mean by that is like, um, I've scouted. And when you scout, let's be honest, you covet, um, especially a guy that you want. Um, so there are things about his ability, who he is as a person. It's almost like you see more in this person before they see it in themselves, right? And mm -hmm. really, Kyle, is, Kyle really isn't um, strapped to people. He's strapped to his system. Right. No, make right. no make no mistake about it. Um, I know that there's guys that he may hang around on the peripheral to like throw him some 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 pizza money if they just want to hang around the team and he known them for a while. But that system dictates who Kyle needs, right? And I feel like because of that, it's not as if you get to really know a guy and say that, hey, you know, you may not give me what I want exactly in this system, but we can make it work for you. Right. Yeah. That's not what this scheme does. This scheme is all about. You need to be able to put the ball exactly where I want it. And who's to say that that's who Kirk is now? Who's to say that that's how Kirk right. even operates this offense now as a, as, an, as a grown man? Kyle got Kirk as a kid. And on top of it, Kyle was only with Kirk for like maybe four games, if that. And yeah. really, Kyle, Kirk's true development into being a starter was with Sean McVay. It wasn't uh -huh. with Kyle. Um, mm -hmm. So as far as time on task, actually getting him on the field working man when kirk first started i was here in washington when kirk first started he had some stinkers especially yeah. the monday night game against the giants like mm -hmm. jesus like kirk had some horrible games that yeah. sean McVay rode him through not right. kyle um right. so even when and then at the time kirk had a very uh gregarious head coach and jay gruden at the time who was mm -hmm. rough on quarterbacks he was a quarterback himself and right. I remember Sean being a very big part of um, Kirk's maturation process into the NFL. Um, and I feel like we have this, uh, this narrative that everybody that Kyle wants automatically just wants to go there or that just wants to be recruited. Um, but if I, if it came down to um, Sean and Kirk, I mean, Sean and Kyle, um, going after Kirk Cousins, I think that not only would the Rams have the upper hand with the personal level as far as the in route with the coaches, but I also feel like the Rams have shown that they're willing to do way more um, with their cap, with their money to actually get players in than the Niners are. The Niners are kind of disjointed, right? We're like the government. We're three separate houses. We have checks and balances, right? We have our organization with the front office that we have our coaching staff, and then we have Parra, right? So 
the Niners are pretty much ran in a, uh, an assembly line versus where the Rams are out here saying they fucking picks for a whole year. Like mm-hmm. they look like they could get it done. Um, mm-hmm. And then lastly, we have to just go with history. We're 0-1. We already did this. We lost Sam Darnold to uh, Sean McVay um, mm-hmm. when Kyle and Sean both went up head to head to get um, – uh, Matt and Stafford, Matt Stafford, yeah. Stafford, Matt Stafford, Stafford. yeah, and he yeah. chose, he chose to go with the Rams. So, right. um, and then that's just one team. We're not even talking about the other teams in there who just had the money to spend and will say, "Hey, Kirk, come, come check us out." Well, hold on, let's let's come back to some. You said something a few minutes ago that was really interesting. Might be one of those situations where Kyle likes Kirk more than Kirk likes Kyle. Let's stay there, okay? Yeah. Um, why does Kyle like Kirk? Well, when they work together. Kirk was 23, 24, 25, fourth round. He was pick. young. Young. And we've all heard Kirk. Like, Kirk is kind of a people pleaser. He's coachable. He knows everyone's name. He's very respectful. Uh, I could see Kyle loving him. Like, man, it's the most coachable, smart quarterback I've ever had. But that was before his first contract. Kirk Cousins is a very, very rich and powerful man who makes more money annually than Kyle. So the power dynamic might not be what Kyle remembers that was that was like 10 years ago if they were to work together again i don't know that kirk would be as patient with kyle's negativity because kyle is relentlessly negative no matter who the quarterback is and i think he feels he just needs a guy who can take it i don't know that kirk would take it anymore i don't know i I don't but that's the thing though grant did kirk ever get it Kirk wasn't even Kirk hasn't even dealt with being the starter under Good Kyle. Point. Kirk got to sit back. He probably saw it. Kirk got to sit back and watch Robert go through it. Yeah. Right? So Kirk, Kirk's never really been flat-footed on the carpet, really having to deal with Kyle. And really, it's almost like Kyle's like a girlfriend. Like, you know, yeah, it's cool for us to dilly-dally around, do what we gotta do, but it's a whole different ball game when you're in a relationship with somebody. And you living together, right? Yeah. So I, I, we talk about Kirk and Kyle's relationship, and I'm sure there's off-season stuff where, like, they definitely kept the relationship. But um, Kirk, what, you can say what you want about Kirk, but one thing I will say is that he runs his team. He's a real quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, runs he his is. team. Yep. Um, the real quarterback. And I'm not sure that Kyle Shanahan is really looking for a real quarterback. Uh, last thing. So the 49ers, they have a quest for six. They have quarterback drama. They have leaks. They have, a, they're always being talked about. You know, there could be nothing going on. It could be June 29th. And all of a sudden you got an insider being like, hey man, I got an opinion or maybe an informed opinion. It really feels like if you want to move the needle, if you want people to listen to you talking about a team. Talk about us. It's got to be the Niners. It used to be Dallas. Like, you would watch, I don't watch ESPN uh, that much, but you turn on that show in the morning, first take or whatever. Or whatever. Uh, it would just be, like, a lot of yelling about the Cowboys, especially in the football season. Like, the Cowboys who cares? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Now, I feel like it's the Niners. It is all about this quarterback thing, and the fact that they haven't won a Super Bowl and they're in the mix – that kind of annoys like older Niner followers because that not they used to not be what they were about. But now I feel like the Niners are freaking loving it. Like they love being talked about. They love that I have a show and there's a million content creators and there's constantly eight different people talking about what they might do. I think they love all of it. And they're sort of trying to become 
the next Dallas in the sense that it's more important to be talked about than to actually win a championship. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, uh, what we want is a championship, right? And a championship is emblematic of success. But there's a question that we always say to each other all the time when we talk, and what is it? How much more money is it really if you win a Super Bowl? Right? Like, like, if you're an organization and, like, as far as, like, what we did, as far as our bottom line is concerned, Mm -hmm. is there, like, I'm sure there's an uptick for winning the Super Bowl, but is it really that much? I mean, we're pretty much in in a sweet spot. We're in, like, fiscally. We're looking pretty good. And look at how much, like, they've increased their value the last three, four years with Kyle Shanahan, like, just with Kyle and having a, a no having no answer at quarterback, having Kyle Shanahan and the and these uh and this roster, they've sort of made themselves the talk of the league, which is yeah, amazing. well even more well, than the Chiefs. Think- the Chiefs are the best team in the league, but I feel like team people talk about the Niners more because there's more drama, there's more mystery. Yeah, you know, who's the quarterback? Also, also, um, there's just more eyes. We're living in the age of content, Grant, where eyes are money. Um, attention is money and the money comes so fast and fluidly that you don't even have to get to a championship to actually validate yourself right as long as you're in the conversation you're validated as long as you're a part of you're a part of the the you're a part of the mechanism that gets to the championship then you're you're a part you're an important piece of the cog um right now we're getting more pressed in the chiefs <laughs> we t- we're talking about more than the actual people yeah. who won the Super Bowl. Um, right. And um, there was a clip. Uh, there was a clip from um, Chris Long interviewing Jason Kelsey um, about um, if the 49ers was a true rivalry, um, if we had actually set a rivalry between us. And Jason Kelsey tried to be diplomatic in saying that, you know, hey, it sucks to go down the way that they went down. And obviously I would have felt the same way. And yeah. then Chris chimed in and just kind of just, he touched the nerve of the conversation. He said, they were bitching all off season. I'll say it for you. You know, they were complaining all off season, you know, like you can say, I won't say it. I'll say it for you. And mm-hmm. because of that narrative, I feel like, yeah, we're, we're talked about and we're, and we're also in the news and the media, which means that, there's a lot of people that matter to us that are watching this stuff in their free time. And one of the things that I know about Dallas is they're almost the college iteration of Dallas is Notre Dame, right? Mm -hmm. Just, just around for no reason, talked about for no reason, just because of the money that's behind them and and who's behind them and the history that they have, but they don't actually add any value to the real conversation of who I care about. Right. And the only the only thing that matters about that conversation in real time is that it puts a target on your back. Right. When people play Dallas, it's not the fact that they care if Dallas is a good or not. Dallas is good or not. They just want to whoop their ass because they know everybody's watching. They know everybody's watching. Right. And we can't lose to this social media ad squad. We can't right. lose to them. They right. have all of these narratives going in and out of their camp. And they get way too much saying, media. They get way more media coverage than they deserve. Yes. Way and, more media coverage than they deserve. And, and they if we beat them, then we nope. they were on the map. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, let's be real. Dallas gets the, another thing that people hate about Dallas is that 
they get talked about, but there's no real consequences. It's like Dallas could just lose, lose, and lose again, and they're still going to be in the conversation. And what's going to be crazy about that is that the only thing, the only difference between them and us is that we think that we're way farther away from them because we're one game out of it. But all we have to do is not make the playoffs, and we're right, we're right in their situation. Dallas yeah, everyone's laughing at goal. the 49ers the way they laugh at Dallas. Everyone laughs at Dallas, right? That was a yeah. joke. They're a joke. They are a joke. They're a straight-up yeah. joke. Even they're, though they're like a legitimately really good team and they could win the NFC this year. They really could. But well, until I mean, they do, about, people laugh at them. And why their you coach. know why they're a joke is because of how they're ran. They have yes. a owner, they have a owner who dips in and takes power away from the coaching staff Correct. and does things that are outside the organizational norms that are known to be successful that serious organizations do, right? Also, they're like and, attention grabbers. Yes. It's like they yes. want the attention, and, you know? And what's going to be crazy about us is, is that I feel like if we keep losing, there's going to be a peel back of the onion of how we're ran. And they're going to be saying, well, wait a minute. So the GM answers to the head coach. Well, who does the head coach answer to? And does the owner have any control over the head coach? And there's going to be real questions about our organizational workflow and how we get things done. Because, and that's what happens when, you that if you lose people are going to start it's like an audit like if you start screwing up on your money uncle sam's coming and he gonna open up that he gonna want every, he gonna want to see everything i want to see your bank accounts and i want to see how everything is done i need to see the true workflow and if it's yeah. not ran right you're non-compliant yeah. so right now for what we've done with our quarterback at three picks we're not complying and we're kind of cooking the books honestly what they talk about like the quest for six is like are you really doing, are you all in for that? Or is it uh, another marketing slogan? Is it another thing to get fans to buy season tickets and to be all in and to be you know, on board with this money-making venture? Um, that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like the Niners are, when they when they call, when Parag Marate called the previous regime a lemonade stand, a lemonade stand, despite five Super Bowl victories, that to me tells you what the Yorks value. They're like, yeah, you know, you know, Eddie got five Super Bowls, but he yeah, never that got was a stadium. Crazy. He never got a stadium. I mean, look look at what the franchise was valued at. Like, even without one Super Bowl, we're now worth more than five billion dollars, and we think we're, we're we're some type of, you know, Silicon Valley Titan. Like, no, you're not. But that's what they think, and I think that's kind of disheartening for Niner fans that are waiting around for the next Super Bowl. Like, yeah, it could happen eventually, but I don't yeah, think there's that I mean, much urgency. I feel like we'll run into a Super Bowl much more than actually go and get one with how we're right, moving. I agree. I agree. Um, uh, because we're top heavy and this can only go on for so long. Yeah, agree. All right, let's talk to Flav. Flav says people form opinions based on limited information all the time. Yes, um, smart people. Mm, 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 mm. Isn't that a big part of your job? Uh, saying we don't know, let's wait and see, might be right, but we'll all be bored as heck right now. Well, I got a lot of people watching me right now. Yeah, but you don't say that. But we can say we're bored and we'll wait and see on narratives. Yeah. When you actually are trying to spend three first round pick on an asset, you don't have time to say we'll wait and see. You actually have to exercise the what it takes to see the asset through, Flay. Like I, I understand that you're frustrated about I don't know about Trey Lance. I can, that, that could be a whole nother show. But 
what we're saying is, is that Trey didn't ask to be drafted here, bro. And what they gave, what they put out there for why they drafted Trey, they need to understand that they can't get it out of Trey. But don't say that you never saw it in the first place. That's bullshit. Is it is it what Mr. F. Lance is saying? Is that like he's doing this to spice up the discourse? Um, that's what he's saying. I mean, right? if, that's what I mean, if, what he's saying. Like someone if, has to play if, this role because it's boring when everyone says, "Let's wait and see." Like, okay, so you're admitting to being disingenuous. Like, what you're saying is you're not prejudiced against Trey. You just feel like someone needs to spice up the conversation. It's kind of lame. It's kind of lame. It, I hope that's not it. That can't be it. Like, dude, you you've built you've a whole brand around this. You have T-shirts and hats. Like, he's twenty-two. He's way too much money and time to just say, "Oh, I, you know, it's kind of boring. I want to spice this up." Come on, Flav. He's twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Like he is. he's a kid. He's, like, like we, we we made fun of Jimmy after a while. He had a lot of chances, made a lot of money, and we made fun of him. We called him the arsonist. We never said he should be in the XFL or he should he, he sucks. Like. There was never like that vitriol towards Jimmy. Everyone likes Jimmy. Jimmy's a nice guy. Brock's a nice guy. Everyone likes Brock. I don't understand how people could have this vitriol for Trey when, yeah, is he a great quarterback? Is he worth the trade? I don't know. Is, did he let the team down? Did he get arrested? Is he a bad person? No, no. He's just as likable as Jimmy. He's just as likable as Brock. So when yeah. you have a F Lance uh, brand, I'm like, man, what does that say about you? It's basically how I feel. Tinker says the SF is SF the new Dallas. That's blasphemous. Sorry, but they're trending that direction. Scotty Dippin says, I use Twitter to keep up with the Niners content. This crap is beyond toxic at this point. Are we Niners fans or not? Also with Kyle Shanahan track record at quarterback and cantankerous personality, what elite quarterback would tolerate him? I mean, it is. It, I mean, and you know what it is, is that Jimmy wasn't even elite. And he didn't tolerate him. Bro, Jimmy, now that he's gone and you see what what these quarterbacks have to put up with as far as, like, being able to come to the podium and just being like, yeah, you know, there's really no faith in me, but I have to show 100% faith in my organization. And I know as soon as I fail that I'm on the chopping block in probably yesterday's news, but I'm A-OK as I'm rehabbing. Like, Jimmy made it look way better. <laughs> yeah. And again, look, look what Jimmy did to Kyle. Jimmy came to the 49ers and he played the aw shucks. I'm just the most coachable guy in the world. And then he won and then they gave him that contract and he switched on him. He's like, you know what? You don't know this about me, but I don't answer texts or calls. Mm -hmm. I don't have to. So I'll see you when I have to see you. And I think Kyle Shanahan hates that high priced quarterbacks make more money than him, have more power than him, and essentially call the shots. And Jimmy did it. I think Kyle hates it. And I think that's why he likes this cheap quarterback room because he has a bunch of guys who make less money than him who are basically saying, thank you, Kyle. Yes, sir, Kyle, whatever you want, Kyle. Like, yeah, I mean, that just goes Matt away Ryan, when you start making $30 million a year. It just doesn't happen anymore. Matt Ryan and Kyle had to have a conversation about the offense, um, about, about control of the offense and like, yo, listen, we're not really going to do good in this offense unless you let me take over. There had to be a real conversation there. So, yeah. um it's not going to go away. It's real. And uh, those who ignore it, you know, just ignoring it isn't going to make it any less real than it already is. It's year seven. He's got to learn how to do better with this. Kaliki Carroll says when Trey Lance balls out here or somewhere else, Kyle Shannon, all the Lance haters will have egg on their faces. 
rather be bored and right than embarrassed let him play that's the thing like i i i <laughs> flave is 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 trying to start his own <laughs> uh brand and he's doing a good job but i already have one and i'm not going to jeopardize it making a really irresponsible bold take about 100 throws because i'm looking at the big picture if he wants to live or die on this hill on this hill hey god love you man you might win but i'm thinking you won't and it's kind of strange to make this be everything the end all be all of who you are as a football analyst but god love you oh no like all of this stuff is set in stone um one thing about this content creation game is like you can get up here and say whatever you want but at the end of the day there's people watching and they will throw your words right in your face so you gotta you gotta speak with integrity because there's a responsibility to how people will act because you give certain people confirmation off of what you say so you right. can't really be you can't be toxic on purpose because yeah. you know you almost spread hate it's, it's just it's not it's not fun yeah, man, you're spreading hate. That's what you're doing. Why do you want to do that? When you make fun of Jimmy Garoppolo's 40 starts into his career, it's all in good fun. We don't hate Jimmy. Like, I go into the locker room and I make eye contact with Jimmy. I say, hi, Jimmy. He says, hi, Grant. Like, if I cross the line, he'd tell me. Like, it, there is a certain level of, like, just needlessly spreading hate, and a lot of people kind of do it in a passive-aggressive way. And, and when they get called out, they're like, why, why? Why didn't do anything? It's like, ho ho. all right, come now. On. If we, because I know there's people watching this right now, Grant, right? Mm -hmm. 576. I feel like this is an opportunity for not only you, but me to recognize that we didn't get here alone, right? Like mm -hmm. you yourself have had very public situations where you had to come back and say, hey, look, maybe I, maybe I need to recalibrate or maybe, yeah. maybe there's another way to go with this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what we're doing is we're speaking from experience, yeah. right? We know yeah. how this type of stuff, what can breed from this type of stuff. So sure. it's not as if we're talking from a position as if we don't know what it's like to come in with a heavy hand. Like I came, when I first started this show, I went hard. Everybody knows how I used to be when I first came on this show. But yep. you do understand that there is a responsibility behind the narratives that you create, how you go after certain people and who can take it and who can't and understanding that in real time, your words do have an effect past you pushing the record button. So, right. you know, it's just something we both learned. Yeah. And I, yeah, just reflects on you. You're doing this publicly. Greg T says with the Super Bowl coming to Levi's, did the Niners win a Super Bowl before the Niners host the Super Bowl? I think they're going to host a Super Bowl before they win a Super Bowl. I'm yeah, sorry. I think they'll host. I mean, who knows? Maybe they just get like an all-world right tackle next year in the first round of the uh, of the draft, and everything changes for them or a quarterback. But until that well, happens, I feel like and, yeah, and that's something else that we need to stop doing. Like we need to, if you've been with somebody long enough, if you've been in a marriage with somebody, it's kind of past the honeymoon stage where you really need to start just intrinsically knowing who you're with, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I would challenge 49ers fans to raise the conversation and their knowledge base on what, why is our offense great? What are the weaknesses of our offense? I mean, right. this, this is, this is some of the stuff that we've been watching for years. What we do know is that the, the hardest part of our offensive scheme, it, the hardest position in our offensive scheme is the left tackle. That's why we have Trent Williams there because he's asked to do so many hard blocks and laborious tasks that he has to do within that offense that normal left tackles can't do. But ergo, right. because of that, 
we skimp and we don't have to have as athletic or dynamic players down the offensive line, which goes all the way to our right tackle. So that's why we see the Niners doing what they're doing, what they need to do developmental wise to plug players in. Well, we're thinking from a transition, from a traditional lens of get the best and put plug in the best, right? They have a grocery list. They know exactly what they want at those positions and the fiscal ramifications of that position. So I feel like, uh, yeah, Colton McKivitz is not only – I don't feel like Colton McKivitz is what the best that they can do. I feel like we need to stop looking at them for what the best they can do. I feel like Colton McKivitz is what they think they need. Also what's crazy to me is the Niners, like the center right guard, right tackle, is all about run blocking. It's all about the run game, those three positions. Last year their run game was completely left-handed. All their good runs went to the left. All mm-hmm. of them. They could yeah. not run to the right last year, and those three yep. positions are all about run blocking. Like. Yep. What are we doing, guys? What are we doing? Yeah. But those that, guys aren't but, necessary. But that's raising the floor, though, Grant. That yep. that's that's the that's the part about knowing this offense was saying, all right. So we do a lot of our damn our dynamic and outside zone stuff to the left side because of Trent. We use Trent on the backside to cut off to cut off people coming up when we're doing outside zone on the right side. So why aren't we running on the right side? The right side is where we get our bread and butter at. The right side is where mostly all of our running comes from. Kyle, I noticed that during the run game, we didn't utilize the right side of the field, which is the strength of our offensive line, ergo. Why did we not run over there? Kyle needs to start understanding that we're picking up on what you're giving us. Right. Right? And in the room, you don't get to just over-talk everybody anymore. You need Mm -hmm. to start having a conversation with us because, quite frankly, your scheme is redundant. It is. I mean, what do you do? You, you run outside zone to the right. You don't run outside zone to the left. To the left, you run inside zone, and you run, like, crack tosses, you know? Crack tosses where you get Jawan Jennings or, or Brandon Ayuk blocking down and uh, Trent Williams um, pulling, essentially. Yeah. I mean, and you, yeah, and, and you run. there's only so zone. much you do going left, going right. Yeah. And it's like all the stuff you want to do going right sure isn't working. Field, you run outside yeah. zone to the, to the, to the, uh, yeah. to the field. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's and, and like during the game, when we talk about this genius flow, we're all watching it. We're like, yeah, he's about to run, run, run. Here comes a pass. I feel a play action coming right now. Like it, 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 it could be it could be seen, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Flav says, coach, my only issue with Trey and the fans is just that I don't think he should play unless he's the best guy right now. I don't mm-hmm. care about what we invested. It's in the past. That's fair enough. Um, but that's your the investment. The investment, I, I care about the investment. I don't think your teams are allowed to make investments like that and then sort of like men in black you and be like, you, it didn't happen. Yeah, you can't get nebulized. It didn't happen. I don't think you can just nebulize me like that. And the other thing is, yeah, the best quarterback should play, but the Niners don't have shown that they can't judge who the best quarterback is based off practice. Because if they could, then Brock would have started um, week three. He would have replaced Trey. Brock would have started week one last year, frankly, yeah. if, if the Niners were that good at judging quarterbacks off practice. Practice, you can't touch the quarterback. There's an element of gamerness. Like, Brock showed it, right? If, when I saw Brock in, in training camp, I wasn't that impressed because he couldn't extend plays. He was just a little guy in the pocket doing the best he could. In games, it was like, wow, oh my goodness. He is a little bit of a playmaker. He has a gamer quality to him that could never show up in a practice. With Lance, I feel like we've seen some flashes of that along with his inexperience and he hasn't been healthy long enough to build on anything. And I think, you know, it's fair 
for you to say like, look, I, I'm very skeptical of Lance, but at the same time, I understand the context here and I'm open-minded. But you don't want to do that because you think it's like a boring take. But So I don't know. Do you want to be disingenuous? Do you want to be honest? Like, Tell me, Flav. Oh, he got another one from Flav. Grant, you played the anti-trade role way before me. Come on, man. You never say things to stir things up. Never. Uh, see, he's saying things to stir things up. So he's backing off. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I, my first impression of Trey was too inexperienced. Mm-hmm. Um, when they went up, my next impression was I still would take Trey over Mac. And I also felt I'd take him over Justin Fields. In retrospect, I think I would have taken Fields. I was scared it, by his decision making, but what 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 this is what fooled me, and I feel so stupid for like yeah. saying this out loud. Yeah. But at the time, I wanted Trey because I thought that if you wanted to win right now, you got Justin. I thought that if if you were really if this was all about the Super Bowl, just get Justin Fields. We're good enough to make to make that happen to replicate that. I thought that the reason why they went with Trey is because they truly wanted a franchise quarterback. Like mm-hmm. that's what I thought because in my mind I was saying not only not only does Mac Jones not is not only is he not good enough to be picked at 3 but at the time, we could have stood pat and got him at 12. Mm-hmm. So when we went up to go get, I, for me, I everybody says that if Zach, Wilson, Zach Wilson was in the mix. He was not in the mix as far as I'm concerned. The Jets yeah. had already made that clear. So it was yeah. really Trey Lance and Justin Fields. And yeah. when they went with Trey Lance, that was saying to me, wow, they, they don't. Because I was afraid if he was going to do the same thing with RG3. I remembered right. that. And when he, when he went with Trey, I was saying, wow, man, like he really wants a franchise quarterback. And then he had the post, the post, the post press conference saying, man, his running ability is like after the fact, this guy processes, he could throw the ball. I was like, God damn. Okay. He really wants a franchise guy, but really he just wanted somebody who he could think can run that scheme the best. And it's kind of crazy to think about it, but the organization is kind of wild as shit for even letting him trade those three picks for Trey Lance. That's wild, bro. Um, yeah. It, it, it's inexcusable. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, Flav, appreciate you for following up. My only thing with Trey was like, yeah, I don't, I never would have traded up from 12 to three when they did it. I was so surprised. Yeah. And my initial uh, reaction was draft Kyle Pitts. Um, yeah, in retrospect, I remember that. Panay Sewell might have been if they drafted Panay Sewell, they might have won the Super Bowl. Yeah, if they had him and Trent. Anyway, you don't trade three first round picks for an offensive tackle. I get it. So when they got that far up, they already made the deal. I wouldn't have made it, but I t- you can't take Mac Jones at three. I still believe that, and I still believe that Trey Lance was once you were there, it was a fair pick to make, and I don't believe they've given him a fair chance. I don't believe they've coached him very well, but in retrospect. Probably the pick was Justin Fields. Probably. Yeah, the pick was Justin Fields. For for what we know, yeah. for what we know this team is willing to do to mask panic and call it stability, the pick should have just been Justin Fields. They should have just they should have just said, look, this is how we get down. Right about now, we think he's athletic enough for us to get a Super Bowl, and we just gonna throw him out there, roll him out there right now, and do what we mm-hmm. better do what we can with him. What Justin Fields gave his rookie year, we could have got a Super Bowl with that. Tinker says, yeah, Tinker says Thursday night in Pittsburgh starts the Niners dominating year. It's going to be a nasty year. Keep up the quality control. Anyways, back to work. It's a Thursday night game? Their opening game? I don't think so. It's, uh, isn't it 9-11? Yeah, 
think it's Sunday. Yeah. But okay. Flave says, Grant, love you, dude. Love you too, man. But you said some things about Trey before one NFL throw. People are allowed to have opinions. Doesn't matter 40 games or zero. They just have to be ready to wear it if they're wrong. Hey, Flav, I am not policing you. You're allowed to have your opinions. But also, in a public forum, people are allowed to have opinions about your opinion. About that's you, yeah. That's, that's something I deal with every day. So if you want to do this, you got to take what comes with it. And I think a lot of people have been real gentle with you, man. I feel like a lot of people are like, pissed off like at a very deep level about what you're doing but they're also being like i'm not going to go there i'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt i'm going to trust that he's like an honest uh arguer here and not just trying to dog whistle me and piss me off so i think a lot of people have been nice to you flave and i think yeah. you um should Flav, you got flave has to understand that there's that there's people who have the same insight as he does when he's putting out his rhetoric like we see you bro yeah so we see you but, okay, Steve M says, Flava, you play the heel, you're going to get treated like one. Yeah, I play Flat the heel out. sometimes. You, you can't be surprised. You can't be like, hey, what? That's You're like the wrestler, you know what I mean, who hits the other guy with like and a chair. And the ref? And the ref doesn't see it, and the ref comes back, and you're like, what? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. That's, that's You're doing that. And it's funny, but like, we all see it. Um, let's just see Trey play 17 games. Flava says, I'm down. Just earn the job. Well, he's in a position. Don't even touch that. Don't, don't touch that. Don't okay. touch that. Earn the job. Okay. Well, how about Brock? Like, Brock has never won a quarterback competition. He played well, but he played well in a really good team with Christian McCaffrey. I yeah, saw you I mean, yesterday. I, I feel like, Love I, feel like Juicy. Love I saw you on with Croc yesterday saying you can't really judge what Jimmy did or his numbers because he never got to play with Christian McCaffrey. Well, same's true with big uh, Trey Lance. So, open-minded guy like you who would want to see what what you know what trey lance would look like with mccaffrey i i could i could see you you know holding out for that chicken square 71 says kyle should be fired simple which would everything just to start a noodle arm purdy nah this all comes back nah, to the fact yeah. that he didn't want a quarterback right away his whole yeah. he's like when i become a head coach one day what i'm gonna do I'm is not, wait a really freaking long time to get a quarterback that was his I'm, that was his plan yeah I'm, I'm not bashing these boys no more man like they didn't ask to get, they didn't ask to be drafted here. You know what I'm saying? Brock is gonna do his best, and I, and when whoever we roll out, when it's time for the rooting, I'm gonna root the best. You know what I'm saying? So when we one rolls out, whoever's out there, they're gonna be out there. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take this. That that's a bait and switch to get us to be on the players. This is on the coaching staff. Yeah. They need to get their act together. Yeah, um, Flave. <laughs> See, I get mad at Flave, and then he just hits me with, like, 75 bucks. I'm like, all right, <laughs> we're cool. Flave says, I hear you on the investment. They should be held accountable, but not have to compound a mistake if that's what it is. Players drafted higher are rewarded monetarily. It should be equal on the field. Flave, but how do you know it's a mistake? This is the, this is the thing about let – me, let me tell you about what the Niners – they think that they're better than. This is the NFL the most competitive league there is. You don't get to have mistakes without consequences. All right? So if it is a mistake, they got to roll him out just like everybody else. Okay? Mm -hmm. You don't get to spend that and then say, oh, we screwed up. Give us more money. No, 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 no. They were paid for their decision. All right? right. So the right. consequences of their decision has to be rolled out, not hiding it. True. Also, Flav, if you wanted to get more people on your side and actually start a movement, 
what you could do instead of hammering Trey and only Trey 24-7 on every social media site and every YouTube channel, you could actually hold the organization accountable sometimes and say there's more to it than just Trey not being good enough. It was the It's the organization moving up for him. And yeah, they found Brock, but this is unacceptable. A lot oh. of people would feel you on that. But if you just want to be the guy who has the most outrageous comment, then keep hammering Trey. Or, it seems or, like sometimes you want to really be Daniel Kelly, the former Or let's just talk Jets. about it. Let, let's really go there. Trey yeah. is an easy mark. Trey ain't going to respond to nobody. Correct. Nobody's going to care that you've been out there. You're flayed. We don't even know who your real name is. Right. Why don't you why don't you go after the organization? Right. Why why yeah. why 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 don't you go at, why don't you go after people? That's why a lot tougher. After, That's yeah. a lot tougher. Trey's low hanging fruit. Yeah. Why why you why why don't you go after people who actually have the uh resources to figure out who you are? Yeah. It's a good point. Um Flav says you guys killing me. I never said Jimmy shouldn't be held accountable. Love you guys. Okay. Love you too, man. Thank you for all the money. Flav, what you want? I mean, honestly, I had a whole uh, topic about Flav, and I felt kind of bad, like I'm talking behind him, about him behind his back, so I'm glad he was watching. I'm glad he responded. Um, it also took guts to go in that uh, spaces Space. yesterday and be like, you know, one against the world. So I just feel like, dude, again, you're kind of spreading hate. I know you think you're not, but you might want to think about just how you're doing this a little bit because again you'll either be right or you'll be wrong and you'll have to live with it and we all care about you man we don't want you to have to have the mark of cain the scarlet letter on your face the rest of your life and just and just you can't control who galvanizes behind your words so be careful because there's some people that you probably would never even want to be associated with who are getting behind what you're saying for a lot of different reasons yeah uh 29ers says negative attention better than no attention flay yeah i kind of feel like flay feels as he's breaking into the industry he needs to do this and be outrageous to get noticed and then maybe once he gets a foothold he can sort of temper his you know what i'm saying but like yeah, right yeah, now yeah. he's he's a shock jock so as long as you understand and he's essentially said that like look you know i'm trying to get noticed i'm trying to not be boring you can't be boring i get that too but man, it all is coming at the expense of one 23-year-old black quarterback. Remember that. Remember that. It is, it's all coming at the expense of him. You say the organization should be held accountable, but you don't talk about it. You talk about one guy who won't talk back. Josh Wyatt says the ghost of Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, jawline is still haunting this franchise. Will we ever answer the question of how good Jimmy really was and how good a quarterback needs to be to win Kyle a Super Bowl? I'm going to say this right now. And you're gonna puke on your boots. Jimmy was enough. Now that we see, now that we've seen, it's been seven years, and now that we've seen their best efforts at bringing in quarterbacks, and for what it takes, Jimmy was enough. Trey, there's, you got to start asking the question of why was Trey even here in the first place? Because Jimmy was hurt and didn't come back. Didn't come back in the 2020 season, and that and and that was something that the Maybe the coaching staff couldn't stomach. But if you really look at the holes that we've lost and losing Buck and never really filling that position, even with picks with Javon, losing Mike, um, our defense is repurposed, but now we're, we're top-heavy with all of the money that we pay. Jimmy was enough. Well, what's crazy is you can make the argument. I've been thinking about this. I, I I always felt he wasn't. 
um, especially behind that offensive line. But the way the Niners are constructed now with McCaffrey, um, you have the best weapons. You have the best defense. If you had a good offensive line too, like a really good offensive line, it, you could argue it wouldn't really matter who the quarterback is. Like yeah. you could argue that team could win a Super Bowl with a Brad Johnson, a Trent Dilfer, a Nick Foles. You could argue that. But they don't they're have the one. offensive line to pull it off. You look at Brock Purdy's numbers when he has a clean pocket. They're like, it's like a 130 quarterback rating. I bet Jimmy is too. I bet any freaking quarterback on this team would be. But they don't give that guy the pocket. So a mediocre quarterback with a muddy pocket is going to be a guy who gets hurt, a guy who is up and down. And I think we're going to ultimately yeah. see that with Brock too unless they get a real right side of the offensive line. Yeah, this is bad, man. They could have had Panay Sewell. They could have had Tristan Wirfs. They could have had this guy. They yeah. could have had, man, they lost the NFC Championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo by three points. By three. Yeah, you don't, I, I feel like. They've beaten that team with Jimmy two times already. That year is crazy, man. Yeah, you could argue they should have a ring with Jimmy right now. And it's yeah. on Kyle. 19 was the year to do it, man. Um, or 21, then, man. Uh, yeah, yes. And then to me, 21 it, was like, the year because 19, the Chiefs are really, really, really good. That felt like destiny for them. But the Rams, the freaking Rams, on, no. We were way better than the Rams. McVay, Kyle we were Owens, way McVay, better like, than what the Rams. happened? The Niners beat themselves in that game. The, Ra yeah. the Rams aren't that good. That and, and, you know, now that we think about, like, if we look at it, you know, with all of this player personnel stuff, man, man, we're losing the teams that we more talented than. Like, like, it ain't about as far as the development and getting the guys in, I feel like, you know, a half court shot is still only cost three points. We can still keep doubling down and doubling down on all of the skill guys we got. But until we get an offensive line that can protect the quarterback or get a quarterback who truly gets to take over the offense, um, we dead in the water. Yeah. Because that offense got to grow under a real quarterback. You can't just be out there. You can't do what Jimmy did, where he's going to go out there and smile through it all and just throw to where he's told to throw the ball and, and, and get shit on in the, in the media. Ain't nobody going to do that, especially a young guy. You know what I'm saying? And an older guy is going to be too, is going to have way too much under his belt to put up with that type of professional abuse. They're not going to yeah. do it. No. Josh Wyatt says the ghost of Jimmy Garoppolo's jawline is still haunting this franchise. Did I get that one already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got that. Official BNA Music says, uh, being the guy who said Grant's mortgage with hate messages from the casting couch, being the guy who paid Grant's mortgage with hate messages from the casting couch is wild. Mm. See, what, what Flav stands for really bothers me, but then he comes on the show and he's a nice guy and he tries his best and I'm like, eh, I'll let it slide. But Flav, we're watching you. All of us. Yeah, I mean, we all are because we we're all watching good you, discourse. man. We're all the same family here, okay? It's the Niners content. Yeah, we want good You're discourse. You're welcome, man. Start a channel. We all want to collaborate, but we're watching you, man. And Flav, it's not just you. Like you it's bro. not just Flav either. If we're being honest, man, it's a lot of people who kind of do the same thing, and it's surprising to slash disappointing because Flav's yeah. trying to make a name for himself. He's making hats. Like other people have credentials and names and platforms, and you're doing the same thing. Why? I don't think I don't even think Flav would do it if he had the credential. But no. Um, but you know, this is you know, YouTube is one big ass high school, man. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Um, Crazy Ride 16 says I prefer the lemonade stand versus Kyle Shanahan and the system. Say that again. If I have to hear one more freaking time about the system, man, I hate. 
I hate the idea that there is a, a an ideal way to to play offense from an X's and O standpoint. There is no ideal way. It's there all about no what you got. Way. There is no ideal way. It's not about this is the platonic ideal of a scheme and let me find players who fit it. That's not what you do. It's not what you do. The best coaches, I mean, look at what Andy, the different types of offenses and playmakers Andy Reid's had the last 20 years. I mean, he had offenses where his number one receiver was his running back, his tight end, his wide receiver. Like, he's had every single different type of offense you could think of. Kyle has the same roles in every offense every single time, you know? Yeah. Every single and, time. Yeah. And um, it's it's really, it's hard to grow in from a quarterback standpoint because when you think about defenses who who know this scheme, um, they are, they, not only do they know the scheme, but they know where they want to, they know where they want to put the ball. Um, so, you know, you're going to have, we might have, I'm seeing ghost 2.0 if Sammy gets out there. Huh. Um, okay. Well, we got the lemonade stand. Flave won't let the show in. People think, uh, people that think I send Grant a lot of money should get to, to work. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best comment. I heard Ashley roasted you though yesterday, Flave. That's what that's what the word in the street is that Ashley got you, dog. What happened? Hey man, Flave. That's, that's what people are saying. This is a lot of money. Get the hell. They need to get their ass to work. <laughs> All I heard was that you were holding your own in the in the spaces yesterday. You were bobbing and weaving. You were working the ropes and you were you were working the jab. And then you just got caught with the left hook by Ashley. What happened, dog? I, I heard see you, it coming? you hit the canvas. I heard it. I heard it got. I hear you. What you hit the canvas? You, you had a standing eight, but you got back up. I heard you got back up. That's always good. We want to know, Flave, what happened? All right, that's the end what of the happened? show. Be, what happened? Post. So she smacked you in the face. Did you not see it coming? Anyway, um, that's the show. Thanks for watching, Coach. Great job. Great man. Take care, man. We're out.